Welcome to the family with Steve Hunnicks, Melissa Kirk, Adrian Washington, Andy Brant Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal. It's kind of like the United Nations of the table with this Goetia. <laughs> Luther, what are you, Lutheran? I'm an Episcopalian. Episcopalian, that's what it is. <laughs> Twice the fun, half the guilt. Come on over, Catholics, it's fun. It's exactly, right. exactly it. We'll be right back. Adrian Washington in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. The comedy, oh my God, the comedy show. I like this. It's at the red carpet. You're doing a, a weekend, Mother's Day weekend doubleheader as well. Yeah, Friday and Saturday. All right, we'll be talking about that. We'll be right back with everybody right after this. The family. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group. Well, that was a good hand signal. I know. Because I knew, I knew you were about to push you. back uh, and go. You're right. I was falling apart on you. We're you're working right. on our timing. We've been doing this for seven years and still have like it up pretty much every time. Yeah, I do. That's true. Tour de Cure is coming up uh, Saturday, June 1st. We are looking for riders. It's really, really fun. Tom and I have uh, co-captained the team. This will be our third year. Andrew Walzer. The CEO of Walzer Automotive just signed up this morning with his daughter. We've got about 20 riders. We're raising a lot of money. Email me at dougatwalzer.com, and I will uh, connect you with the appropriate information and details. So please join us. There, man, that was good. That was concise. Well, I don't get yelled at by Michael Bryant. Well, Michael Bryant, when he gets on, it's like, uh, you know, Michael Bryant that advertises on the morning show and this show as well. And he always goes, why does Doug always get a half an hour commercial? It's all content, baby. If you were interested, you'd get <laughs> it, right. too. That's exactly right. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Is this Doug Sprinthal playing? Sarah. Yeah. Oh. Well, he's playing the bumper. Is this Sarah? That's cool. Yeah. That's His all I have on my phone is my band stuff. His wife can sing like a mad woman. Does your Very wife good. sing? Yeah. She's good. She can do it. She's a good singer, no doubt about it. Not great at choosing mates, but... <laughs> Oh, her yeah, first so husband was pretty cool, from what I understand. Oh, was he? A good guy? <laughs> it's just her final one. She kind of faded. She was stiff-armed. Yeah, Not everybody was... makes good choices all the time, Tom. <laughs> Sam was just talking about Pete Hegseth. He was on the morning show from Fox News. And 
Uh, and we do invite people. You know, we have Anderson Cooper on the show as well once in a while, but nowhere near as often because he just he doesn't do as much. Although Pete's only been on a couple times in the last couple of years, and Anderson's been on more than that. So, But, yeah, we invite people on, and uh, I don't attack my guests. I just don't do that. Or people call in and want to make a comment. I don't attack people. I just don't think there's any upside to doing that. You know what I mean? makes no sense to me whatsoever, as a matter of fact. So I like getting those phone calls. Red Carpet Nightclub, 11 Fifth Avenue South, St. Cloud, Minnesota, 56301. You need to enter that in your, what's that called again? When you put it in your Rolodex? The car? No, GPS? when you. GPS. 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 I don't use GPS. Google Maps. You don't, don't go nowhere. I don't go anywhere. I stay at home. <laughs> I go here. He only goes where he knows. Right. I That's can exactly see that. it. That's exactly right. It's true. I just go where I know. That's a good way to put it. Adrian Washington in studio with us. Steve Hunting's also in studio with us. Uh, learning a lot today, which I really like. Thank you, Tom. And want to say something. It's great that you have a variety of guests on the show. Pete Hagseth, listen, he served our country with great distinction. Absolutely. You should have his voice. Anderson Cooper, really important reporter, national. Mm-hmm. That's the. Really that's what we need more too. of this in this country. More perspective, right? Yeah, that's all we're talking about. I'd like to get all sides of an issue. That'd be really, really terrific. I'd really like it. You know, now that Adrian found out I'm a racist, he's probably going to leave. But you know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> You're used to comes with the with territory. <laughs> He, he did move closer to the door, though, you know. Yeah, he sat closer to the door. As soon as it came up, I'm, he sat I'm pretty sure I can outrun Tom, so I'm going to be all right. No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty fast for him. You are, but I'm, I'm, you're not going to outrun me. That's no, the I black part of me just won't let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know, that's, un- that's understandable. I can figure that out. Okay, tell me about the comedy show. Um, it'll be myself and uh, Comedian Tricks. He's from uh, Toronto. I just met him. We were at a festival together in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona last September, and I didn't get to see him perform. I just heard he was really good because we were performing at the same time. Oh, yeah. And then I was just in Vegas uh, two months ago, and I got to see him perform out there, and man, he just he crushed it. And he's, he's a friend of mine. He's a dude that I can contact without going through agents and all that other stuff, and I like being able to do that because, one, it saves me money. Two, it's less of a headache, so... I like to book people that I can contact directly, and I pick them up, and it's no big deal, and we just have fun. So he's uh, he won the World Series of Comedy um, last year. He was uh, one of the Series XM uh, final comics last year. So uh, he did Just for Laughs a couple years ago. So he's he's really really good, and I've just as a fan and as a friend of his, I wanted to um, do the show with him. So we'll both co-headline that show. That's a good deal. Yeah. Um, uh, from what I understand, uh, there's a, it's called Inside Jokes. I think it's a special on Netflix or Amazon. Okay. It's about Just for Laughs. Yeah. And about what it's like. It's They have six people that are trying to get a Just for Laughs in Montreal. It's the biggest comedy yeah. festival in the world, right? Yes, yes. I mean, it's that in Edinburgh, Scotland has another one that's that's just gigantic. Yeah. But once you make it into into Just for Laughs, it's changes everything. It's life-changing. Yeah, it's it's the one. There's hundreds of festivals, but Just for Laughs is the one that the moment you perform, something's gonna happen for you. Do you think that's you because know? Canadians are not funny? Thank you very much. No, I just lost the contest. <laughs> <laughs> I just lost uh, first and second place to some Canadians, so I can't say they're not. Yeah, I, I took third place well, in the festival, so um, I don't know what it is. I've never been there, but I, every comic I know that's been through the ranks, mm-hmm. they've been there. 
You know what I mean? I've talked to guys who said, like, nothing was happening for them, nothing was happening for them. Right. Then they got to Just for Laughs, and now they're on TV, and, you know, they got specials, and it's, it's weird, man. I'm working my butt off to try to get there. Yeah, this show, I mean, they talk, they're very upfront about this whole deal. If you get if you get through to Just for Laughs in Montreal, you got it made. And these people are sweating bullets on yeah. this TV show. It's just unbelievable. Because <laughs> there's very so many. Like, there's still people. Uh, Donald Rollins is a friend of mine. He was just still there a couple mm-hmm. years ago. You know what I mean? He's a good guy. Yeah. Really I just got guy. to hang out with him and Chappelle, and oh, my gosh. That's right. Chappelle was in town for, what, four days? Yeah, right? four days. Did seven shows. Sold out all seven. Never met him, never talked to him, but everybody tells me he's a really, really good guy. Really nice man. He's he's almost too nice. Really? Yeah. Really? He, he's just he's such a normal guy. You're not used to hearing somebody that's got that much money just be a normal dude. Uh, you know, a couple hundred million. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Walked away from $50 million. You got to have some money to walk away from $50 million. Yeah. That's what he was having. You know, the Chappelle show, He and, uh, there were some, I guess, artistic differences or whatever. Yeah. They just walked away. But then Netflix gave him $60 million more. You know they I mean? did. <laughs> and he's working on another special right now. So I would be, too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep working. No, yeah, she, they... Stan Latham was down there, was so funny. I got to meet him, and it was it was dope to be a part of all that, man. And mm-hmm. just even as a fan of comedy, on top of being a, because he's my favorite comedian today. So it's like you could have asked people, me yeah. pick one comic alive that you can party with, and it would have been him. And I got to do that. So Richard's gone, so I can't party with Richard. Plus, Richard, Richard, I probably been divorced after the first night. <laughs> His son's a good guy. You ever talked to Richard Pryor Jr.? I haven't. I've talked to Mason Pryor. Really good. Yep. Yeah. And Rain's wonderful, too. Yeah. His daughter. She's, yeah. she's terrific. She's really good. No doubt about it. But, yeah, Richard Richard Pryor Jr. Can you imagine the the amount of pressure that puts on you to be Richard <sighs> Pryor Jr.? Man. It's like, oh, my God. Because what are your other options? Call yourself Dick? <laughs> yeah, Dick Pryor. Dick Pryor. Yeah, Dick That's Pryor. not going to work. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's tough. It's part of the reason I didn't... I didn't uh, I got two boys. I didn't make either one of them a junior because I'm like, I want them to have their own identity. No, I understand. You know what I mean? I so. understand that completely. But that was, you know, I was talking to Steve about growing up in North Minneapolis and how much I loved it and, you know, with all these different cultures. But we all seemed like nobody was like, oh, you're different than I am. It was like we kind of ran around. But Richard Pryor came along. It does piss me off, Adrian, that I can't say the name of my favorite album. <laughs> no, you cannot. You cannot. That's all there is to it. You're not talking about why is there air, right? No, I'm not talking about why. I'm talking well, about Bill Cosby. That somebody's crazy, super somebody. I get bicentennial somebody. But yeah, I can't say the name. But but when he came along, I will never forget that because uh, his approach to comedy was so different from everybody look I love the Don Rickles of the world you go down right. the list I just I love them there's no question about it Don Rickles one of my favorite moments in my career I was I was talking to Don Rickles on the air we were mm-hmm. t- you know I was interviewing him nicest guy in the world by the way you could not meet a nicer guy than Don Rickles and I told him you know, I gotta tell you something Don I loved you on Run For Your Life he goes what remember Ben Gazzara had a show called Run For Your Life <laughs> back in the day right really good TV show and uh, Don was on an episode called Down with Willie Hatch. He was an insult comic on the TV show, and people hated him because he was an insult comic. <laughs> and the whole thing just kind of falls apart. And I said, Don, i got to tell you, honestly, I, it was a phenomenal performance. And he started crying. 
How sweet is that? <laughs> he teared up that somebody would tell him he was a good actor. He was so touched by that. Wow. Uh, you look, I mean, people don't, I don't think people realize that performers are very sensitive and very touchy about that kind of thing. You know what I was shocked by? Um, Chappelle was only supposed to do six shows and they added a seventh one. Mm-hmm. And I was there when they told him the seventh show sold out and he seemed so surprised. I know. You know what I mean? I was it's like, uh, you can do that five more times if you want to. <laughs> and it would be the same results. You know what I mean? But it was. I know. It goes to show you how just normal they are. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, I, he literally, like, fist pumped when they're like, yeah, the seven shows sold out. He's like, nice. I'm just like, you surprised still? Like, you could do this for. Two weeks if you wanted to. Oh, there's no question. And probably even long. He could probably stay there every night <laughs> for the next year and sell out every show. I think the price was bumped up on that one. So I think that might have been why he felt so good about it because it yeah. definitely sold out. Well, that's a possibility. One thing that, that maybe people don't understand, I hope they understand this about comedy, but comedy, performing comedy on stage was part of trying to break through, you know, stereotypes. Yeah. That's why so many Jews and so many black people got into comedy, because it, it would break stereotypes. I can, if I can entertain you and make you laugh, maybe you won't have this hard shell about me and who I am from now on. That was a big, big part of that whole deal. I can see it, man. Like it's, and then that's why I, every, the world's changed a lot. You know what I mean? Everybody's getting more sensitive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, it, it, that was what was so dope to be with him, to see, like, what I've learned is that if you own that's who you are, then you don't make any apologies for it. You know what I'm saying? No, you're really good at that, Adrian. That's why the first time I ever talked to you, you know, been, what, several weeks yeah. now? But the first time, I, that's what I really liked about it is you don't, you you just are who you are. And I think that's terrific for young people to pay attention to. Yeah. I, I, I tell the kids that at school, too, man. Yeah. I, I do mentoring for... Uh, kids at my old junior high school back in St. Cloud and I just let them know like there's there's only one you like don't yeah, right. but they, they you know growing up in social media I, t- I told them I said the difference between their generation and ours was I understood when I listened to NWA that they also went to a mansion after they got done recording that album you know what I mean they were I'm, yeah right you know right. what I'm saying they had yeah. cooks they had chefs you know what I mean like kids today it's like social media you see it and you really think that's who that person is, and that's mm-hmm. what they want. You know what I mean? And it's crazy. I can't imagine knowing um, my daughter. There was a joke I had about, she's like, Dad, everybody in seventh grade has a phone. I said, honey, I bet you money not everybody's got one. Yeah. She said, how much you want to bet? I said, check this out. You don't have a phone, and you're somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I just won. I won I said, the bet. Right, I said, I'm not even going to take your money. I'm just making it easy for you. No. I said, don't let your friends tell you you're not anybody. But I just, she's turned 13 on Tuesday, so we got her one. She just turned this last Tuesday? Yeah. She's oh, so 13. She got a phone now. She got a phone now. So it's okay? So far, so good. She has to leave it with us at night, so we go through it as good parents should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole situation. I just, uh, I had that, going, you know, Andy's 32 and, and our daughter Alex is he 30. He has a phone, right? No, you cannot have a phone. There'll be none of that. There's no question about it. No, I, I, good parenting. Uh, is it harder these days? I mean, I, it's I a lot harder. Yeah, it seems like lot. it would be. My kids, my son, my youngest son is 12. Um, he's he's also another thing I want to mention. My youngest son is high function autistic. Mm-hmm. Um, May 19th, um, I started this thing last year, and it's called Avengers for Autism. 
So what I do is I rent out a theater in St. Cloud, or it's actually in Wade Park by where I live. Right. And it's like an 85-person theater, and I rent it out and pay for everything, and it's for autistic um, oh, kids and terrific. adults. So that'll be May 19th at 3 o'clock. And I did it last year. I was in the gym with my wife, and I, honestly, what made me think about it, I was like, I just want my kid to watch the movie with other kids like him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I did a GoFundMe last year, and it worked. And I raised enough money to do it. And this year, I put enough money away because I usually, from the merchandise I sell, I always donate to Autism Society of Minnesota. But so I was like, instead of doing that this year, I know I want to be able to pay for the theater by myself. So we were able to do that, and I'm looking forward to that. So if you are interested, um, message me on Facebook or Instagram or something. Facebook is Comedian Adrian Washington. Um, Instagram is funny man Adrian W. So, I'll put your name on the list. That is a good thing. Do you do you do comedy and are you one of the bouncers at the red carpet? I'm not one of the bouncers. <laughs> There's a reason I asked them that. That most people won't know why I asked them that, but they got some badass bouncers at the red carpet. I will tell you. That. I will tell you. You don't want to cause trouble in there. No, no, no. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, I, I, you know what? I love St. Cloud. Absolutely love the town. It was kind of like, you know, I was born in Long Prairie, Minnesota, which is about. Uh, I suppose about 50 miles yep. northwest of the St. Cloud. So we spent a lot of time in St. Cloud. My grandfather lived there for a while, and it just it's a great community. It is, man, and uh, it's changed a lot, but I tell people, yeah. like, so has the world. You know yeah, what I mean? Right, so right. it just comes with the territory. I, like, you know, now there's they're not used to crime, and there's, you know, if somebody gets shot, they're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on in the town? I'm like, right. Somebody got a gun. That's what went on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Somebody found a gun somewhere. You know, those kids that you allowed to get participation trophies for everything, here they go. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> there it is. No, I got to tell you this because my daughter is a little older than yours. She'll turn 16 in a couple of weeks. But when she was 12, I was giving her a hard time about the whole participation yeah. trophy. She goes, Dad, I'm so damn tired of hearing of that. Who the heck do you think gave them to us? I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, you got a point, Ellie. Right? <laughs> I know. We, we, we got to take responsibility for That's some right. of that, man. <laughs> now, Steve, you're talking about you, you, you're, you have children. Three. Yeah. And how old are they? 22. 22. She goes to DePaul in Chicago, and Jewish girl going to a nice Catholic school in there Chicago. There you go. There, there you go. go. Used your head. That's very good. Yeah, She's passing. Go. I, I, I went to Brandeis. I don't know if you know <laughs> that. <laughs> Tomatora. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, Danny's our middle child, 18. Senior at St. Louis Park. We'll be going to the University Park. of Minnesota next year. Graduating uh, later on this month. Exactly. And yeah. our 16-year-old Dinah, who was a sophomore at St. Louis Park. We have Excellent. three generations. My mom graduated from Park in yeah, 51. Yeah, you were me that. And my, all, my siblings, 70, 76, 77, 81, and my kids. So we got three generations oh, yeah, of a, Park kids. You had some passolts in there with you. Passolts. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> no Matt was in my that. class. Matt Passolt was in my all class. That. Oh, Matt was? Yeah. He class 81. I would tell you about that if I were <laughs> yeah, Matt Passel, Jeff Passel's younger brother. Did I, you ever hear? I sold him? him a car. I know you did. Yeah. Did you ever hear him do his impression of Jerry Burns? No. Because no, Jeff is really good at impressions. I mean, really, really good doing impressions and all this stuff. So I asked Matt. He was in the studio with Jeff one time. He's sitting there. I said, "Hey, Matt, do you do any impressions?" He goes, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, do you do any impressions?" Because Jeff does a lot of them. He's really good at them. He goes, "Well." I do Jerry Burns, former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. I said, you do? Okay, let's hear it. And he goes, okay, uh, you guys, get out on the field, you effers. I'm like, 
Yeah, that's real good, Matt. That's a real good impression. It's Jerry Burns doing an imitation of Matt Passel. Exactly. Jerry Burns doing Matt Passel. That's right. No, that's that's as a wonderful. So all or three generations of Orioles. Three generations of Orioles. Honest to God. And then two generations of North Hires. My grandma graduated from Minneapolis North in 1924. Dang. Really? And we have her high school yearbook. The most famous member of her class is Harrison Salisbury. Oh, sure. Yeah, became absolutely. a big-time reporter. From the New York Times. Yeah, absolutely. Wrote the leading English language account of the Siege of Leningrad. Mm-hmm. And was in my grandma's class. I, lo- I love the way you Ooh, just assume that we all know that. I thought, no, that was is a... he the guy that invented Salisbury steak? I, I <laughs> yes. Know. Well, I knew how well, I was all well, I, get it. I, but then there's sort of, I am mentally ill, though. We know that. You know, Tom Friedman, of course, graduate Friedman, of Park. Sure, but there's absolutely. sort of a line between Harold and Salisbury and Tom Friedman, because Salisbury, north side of Minneapolis, mm-hmm. Tom's Fried- Tom Friedman's parents were from north. Right. He went over to Park. And so you have this North High St. Louis Park connection the New York Times and the foreign correspondents yeah, yeah. stretching decades. It's yeah. amazing from no, our community. It's absolutely true. Yeah. We'll take a break. Be right back in a couple minutes. More with Adrian Washington. And, of course, Steve is with us, Steve Hunnings. Uh, we're talking about all kinds of stuff, mainly good stuff. That's all what I think. We'll be right back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me, too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. I still never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't like (laughs) Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Spring is here, and there's no better time to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK Spring Savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them I sent you and save 500 bucks on your LASIK. Offer expires June 21st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. I'm the bumper music. Oh, dang it. Whatever. What? <laughs> oh, you tried to play bumper music? No, I forgot to. You're a dis- <laughs> hey, you're shoulder to shoulder gonna, with me now. I'll get, I'll get the hang of this in another 10 years. <laughs> what? I don't know what. I'm supposed to play Q Talent. <laughs> yeah, Q Talent, exactly. So uh, that's the whole deal. But in any, in any case, Adrian Washington with us. He's in the studio, Red Carpet Nightclub, this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Yep. Tickets available on eventbrite.com. Just go to eventbrite.com and search either Red Carpet or Adrian Washington. 
Um, doors open at 8. Show starts at 8.30. Double headliner, only $15 in advance. It will be it will be $20 at the door. And um, I have one Mike Entertainment shirt. So I've sold a lot of those shirts. So if you have bought a shirt from me um, and you show up wearing that shirt, and then another guy told me because I signed the shirt he wasn't going to wear it. If you show up wearing it or bring your shirt, you get in for only 10 bucks. So... Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. it's It's been good. It's entrepreneurship. <laughs> entrepreneurship. You know one thing I absolutely love and I noticed the minute you sat down? Because I've talked to Adrian many times before, but we've never met in person before, which is really cool. But you and I pretty much have the same chest size and shoulder size because you have to wear a shirt where it goes down to here, otherwise it won't fit. I have to do this. My wife keeps going, why don't you, everybody else's is right here. Why is you not? So, honey... When you have a very deep chest, you can't, you can't, shirts don't fit. It's true. God, That's I cool. know what That's you're it. talking about. Yeah. I, yeah, look at that bad boy. That's right. That's right. His are up here. Uh, I think it's very, very cool. Uh, look, look I, I, having shows like this, I really like, because you laugh, you have a good time, you get, you know, meeting people for the first time, uh, not on the phone, but in person. I just I like the way the, these shows flow. I loved when Sam called us. Sam's got to call back more often. I really like Sam. I was surprised to hear that he was in his mid twenties. Quite yeah. honestly, a I young kid. Just yeah. the way he, he has expressed himself and his thoughts. I thought I think guys just didn't think about it. But I mean, he's some forty to fifty year old guy. I'm hoping that Sam's still listening when I say, "Well, he's kind of a pain in the ass." No, <laughs> <laughs> no he was a very nice, very well, very smart young man. Yeah, he's super smart. I was just like, I could have took my headphones off. I'm way over my head. <laughs> when do we get to the when do we get to the dick jokes? Like, man, that's this is really nice. Yeah, it's really nice. Now we're, I was talking to uh, to Steve about this earlier. Over in North Minneapolis, there was the Homewood District, which was the Jewish neighborhood. There was the the Homewood Theater, movie theater. There was a Homewood Bowl. There was a pool hall. The whole shoot match. And back then, there might have been a few guys involved in some. Hmm. Interesting businesses, if you know what I'm talking about. And they were always in that pool hall. It was hilarious. <laughs> People like Kid Can. My brother was a Delta, was his dealer for his card games for a while. Kid Can over there by. What's that? Is Bethel Synagogue's not like a uh, health services center or something, isn't it? Right there on Penn Avenue. Well, Bethel became the pilot services. Pilots are there. Pi- pilot, 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 pilot City. Pilot City. Pilot City. Yeah. Exactly and then right. that pilot. building right was right torn down. And that building was torn down. Is so, it now? so what was the synagogue in Cape Pilot City, and that was torn down. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's too bad. And I don't know what was built there or not, but it was. You know what's weird about that is I drive by Plymouth and and uh, Penn all the time, but that would be down about a half a block, so I guess I've never even looked yeah. down there. So last year. Make it right. <laughs> yeah. There's an author named Sam Friedman who's writing a wonderful book about the early days of the civil rights movement culminating in Humphrey's famous speech in the 1948 Democratic National mm-hmm. Convention where he said that time for the Democratic Party to leave the shadows of states' rights and march forth rightly into the bright sunshine of human rights. And Sam is writing up this book. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so my dad took Sam and Skip Humphrey, Hubert's son, yeah. on a tour of yeah. the North Minneapolis because Sam wants to sort of have a better understanding of the Jewish community and the African-American community of North Minneapolis. So... You didn't I care was about there. the Catholics? And See? Of course. No, no, we didn't say that. We're not excluding Catholics. <laughs> they were all gone. <laughs> oh, no, they weren't. <laughs> but, I, but I got this chance to go with the author, the upcoming author of the book, and Skip and my dad, and just listen to my dad give a tour of the North Side. It was mm-hmm. wonderful. 
No, I, it makes total sense. Did, did uh, Huber take him by the, the tippling houses that he used to go in? The, uh, <laughs> we used you to took... see him coming and going as a little kid once in a while. I'll oh, yeah? That. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. A lot of those guys. But, you know, Sid Hartman, Sidney I've known for years and years and years. Sidney is such a great thing for North Minneapolis because he's, you know, he's worked, worked like a man. He, nobody outworks Sid Hartman. No, right. They just don't outwork Sid Hartman. But people don't realize uh, what Sid went through. His father was a shicker. He was yeah. a big drinker, and people don't realize that. His mother would, would say, Sidney, you you got to go get your father. He's passed out in a bar. So a nice little Jewish boy having to go get his father was really humiliating for him because it was uh, pretty much big boozing is pretty to this day pretty much frowned upon in the Jewish community, is it not? I would say that. It's true, probably at one point, the incidence of alcoholism in the Jewish community was probably lower than the general population. Not sure if that's the case anymore, but yes, yeah, I Probably, I would, I would imagine. And I, part of that, of course, is because it, it tends to be an ancient civilization, and those problems tend to come and go in, in civilizations and people who have been around for a long, long time. Well, in the Jewish community, there was always a philosophy, particularly in more difficult days, that if you were a Jew, you better behave in a way that was that <laughs> did not dishonor your people, right? And I'm talking yeah. about 20s, 30s, 40s. There were enough problems without people acting out in a way that was uh, sort of inconsistent with the mores of the time. So people were very concerned about no alcoholism, no, no drinking, right, and right. the like, and going to school and behaving yourself and serving in the military and living a patriotic upright life. Of course, that wasn't everybody. No, no, no is everybody, but right, this was exactly. a strong gravitational pull in the Jewish community. No, it was absolutely. I, I will tell you also, Adrian, you know, we're talking about growing up in North Minneapolis, and I talk about this quite often on the morning show, that when I was a little kid, I'd be walking the neighborhood, and the old black men would be sitting on the stoop mm-hmm. of their houses, and they would go, hey, kid, what are you doing? Said, right. what, what do you mean, what am I doing? What are you doing here? I said, well, I live a couple blocks. He goes, you live here? Because at that point, you know, pretty much a black neighborhood. Yeah. Everything from Penn, Penn East was pretty much black at that, that juncture. And so I, I, he goes, come here, kid. I want to tell you something. I'll never forget this. It was wonderful. I said, yeah, what's that? And he goes, you know, um, since you're from North Minneapolis, and, I mean, you are white, but, you know, don't don't take this the wrong way, but let me just tell you something. You know when those people come up to you and go, hey, hey, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I know you're, you know, you've got some problems and stuff, maybe some financial problems, but we're going to help you out. Kid, watch your back. <laughs> I will never forget that as long as I live. As soon as they offer you help, you better watch your back, man. And it, to this day, it holds true. Yeah. I mean, those people in Hollywood, oh, let me help you out. It's like, Come on, man. This this Come. whole situation that Charlize Theron's going through now. Uh, it, it, have you seen her now? No. She adopted two African American kids, both boys. Didn't she let them like being raised as girls? Yeah, they both apparently told her when they were three that they're actually girls. Oh, but very I don't, coincidental. Yeah, very coincidental that both kids, because right. one's seven and one's four. I'm getting, I'm getting an ice cream headache right now. Yeah. I hadn't heard about this. Keep oh, going. Oh, you didn't know about that? No. Yeah. And yeah. again, if they are girls, good. I don't have any problem with that. Good for them and all the rest of it. But it kind of smacks of, here's a human shield. They're not only black, but they're also not boys. They're girls. It's right. Just, Why won't you just adopt girls? 
Apparently they told her when they were three, yes, I'm a girl. Yeah, well, a, their kids tell you a lot when they're three. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm invisible. Right. <laughs> Fawny was just walking with, with Catherine, my wife, her, her grandmother. Fawny's not quite, she'll be three in two weeks, as a matter of fact. And they're walking along, and she looks up at Catherine and goes, Catherine, we're not humans, we're moths. So they you know, start flitting around. Yeah, she thought she was a moth. Why moth? I don't have any idea. The last movie she watched that had moths. Yeah, yeah, right. But little kids are going to do that. And, and to judge everything by one statement by a three-year-old. And again, if they are girls, God bless them. I, I'm happy for you. It just smacks of somebody using other human beings as a shield. It just, that bothers me a lot. You know what I mean? It, yeah, yeah, it's... And you it's always take rich people, man. into account. Yeah, it is. It's always rich people that are just like, you know what? I need a new project. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly right. right. It's exactly right. And yeah. Here's the I seen part. a picture of it, and I didn't want to even believe it was true because I, I don't watch the news. I don't pay attention. Yeah, I don't, smart. None of it. Smart. I, there's so much I don't know what's going on because I don't give a damn. You know what I mean? And I seen yep. a picture of that, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And the oh, little boy had a dress on, girl shoes, everything. Yeah, yeah, she got it all going. Yeah, it's it's also interesting how they're not only girls, but they want to be dressed up in a stereotypical girl outfit Super at all girl. times. Yeah. yeah, that's true. No, I don't want that to defend true. her, but didn't she witness her mother killing her father when she was Who has witnessed that? No, I'm I'm serious. No, I yeah, that. I'm pretty sure she did. Oh, did yeah. she? Yeah. yeah. Well, I do know this. She she made Dad a was really abusive, and his mom. Her mom shot him. Good. Killed him. Good. Good for him. Should have been shot. I guess he's not. She abused. turned yeah, out all right. Been shot. <laughs> she <laughs> turned out all right until she got the kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going good. <laughs> but here's how she closed the conversation. So after she's talking about, oh, they're African American and oh, they're this and they're that and the other thing. But the, the sad news is, I, I'm leaning heavily on moving them out of America because of the way they treat black people. She's what? from South Africa, She's from right? South Africa. It's like a hotbed of liberalism there. Are you kidding me? I'm gonna. You're gonna move two African American kids to South Africa. Okay. I and just... you didn't know the situation before you had black kids. Like, <laughs> you, you got no black friend you hung out with. That's you didn't get exactly your water weird. before them. Did none of that ever happen to you? <laughs> Adrian, where did you develop your sense of humor? Stuff like that. <laughs> it's out there, man. Tina, it is out there, isn't it? It's uh, that's why being a comic, and I got nine brothers and sisters too. So, um, you, my uncles, they all just everybody just. I, and I tell people, I'm not even a comic. I'm just a professional trash talker. Yeah, I understand. That's it. You I know understand. what I'm saying? That's yep. all it yep. is. It's just quick witted, and you had to hold your own. I tell my kids to this day, I said you wouldn't have never made it off my bus stop. <laughs> he's, he's couldn't like yeah it's true you know it's and, and it paid a part you just, you just knew what you had to do i miss i tell people sometimes I miss the days where if you talk trash you actually had to know how to fight oh yeah you know what i'm saying oh yeah i miss those days i think it's changed our our, our culture in a, in a very negative way that very you don't have so. to answer for things that you say <sighs> That's, I think, a big mistake. Chris, uh, what was it? Chris, uh, Chris Porter, I think his name is. The uh-huh. comic I work with, man. Super funny dude. He said, uh, <laughs> one of his jokes was, he said, he said, I Googled just for fun. He said, I Googled that the sun is BS. He said, you know what should have came up? Nothing. He said, but you know what did come up? 20,000 other people that agree with 
you know what I mean? It's just like there's some things. It's just like, are you serious? And and then bullying. Like I, I feel sorry for kids who get. But I always tell my kids, I said, I don't want you bullied, or I don't want you to be the bully. Yeah. But I also yep. want you to know how to hold your own. Because I think Chris yep. Rock said it best. Sometimes we need bullies. You know what I'm saying? Bullies is the ones <laughs> who's gonna shape your life, and that's the thing with. Like you said, that's the thing with Donald Trump. A real bully came along, and nobody knows what to do. That's very. That's a. That's astute. You know it what really I mean? Is. Like that's. It's. It's just everybody just played so calm and so cool, and everybody just danced to their own tune. Then you got this guy who's just like, "Here I am, boom, deal with it." But I think the problem is, and I talk about this with people as well. If they would ignore him, he'd stop. He's only doing it for for the, the remember, talk. Remember, remember the part on Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, yep. and, the, and he was always running. And then finally, Tom Hanks' character was just like, where are you running? Nobody's chasing you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then he that's, just, yeah, he stopped. Exactly <laughs> so I tell my kids, I said, don't answer to everything people say to you. Because even if they're trying to give you a hard time, guess what? If you don't give it back, it's, it's hard to have a conversation by yourself when you're talking trash about somebody else. That's exactly right. You know if, what I mean? if the news would ignore his tweets and stop posting them on the moves on the move uh, the shows, excuse me, on the screen, he'd stop doing he'd it. Stop doing See, it. I have a different theory about what's going on here. I think oh, he you? never intended to be the president. Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that too. And his wife said, Donald, you gotta get us out of that. And he I goes, agree. Okay, hold my beer, I'll get fired <laughs> the next week. And he's been trying to get fired yeah, ever since. I, I agree with you, man. I think he was just like, there's no way they're gonna let this happen. Then it happened. He's I like, know. oh, shit, I got to figure some of this out. Then he's just like, I don't know how to do it, nor do I want to do it. Eddie, Eddie used to do a bit about uh, white Southerners getting drunk and voting for Jesse Jackson. <laughs> then they wake up the next morning and he goes, he effing won? Yeah, we did what? <laughs> we did what? <laughs> yeah, you know, it'll work out. It works out in the end. I will tell you one thing about Donald Trump. I talked to him a couple of times uh, back in the, I guess, early or mid-'90s, something like that. And the first time I ever talked to him, I will never forget this. Uh, he comes on, hey, Tom, how are you doing? How's everything going? I said, very well. Saw your ratings, best ratings in America. How's Catherine? I said, she's doing great. Well, how about Andy and Alex? The kid's doing well? He knew everything about me. Wow. His people are so good at that. I mean, he knew everything about me. It sounded like we were the best of friends. <laughs> That's what he is. Yeah. He'll either just run his mouth about this, that, or the other thing. And if you if you pay attention to him, he's never going to stop. I will warn you about that. He'll never stop until they ignore him. Yeah. He's Most business. people, if you're giving something attention, I, I see comics do it all the time. I'm like, hey, when that light comes on, you got to get off stage. But you know what? Somebody laughed. And, and they've been waiting for that laugh that whole time. And yep. They don't pay attention to that light. I'm like, you know you can't perform. I just, <laughs> I, I just watched two comics that went to Canada with me. One went over their time, and we had yelled at her because she came with us. And then my buddy who came with us did the exact same thing. And he only went three seconds over. But he was just so caught up. I'm like, dude, you. it was literally the difference between winning $4,000 and winning $125. Wow. And oh, you yeah. couldn't stop within three seconds. Ooh. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just attention, man. And Yeah, it is. It's a big part of it. Oh, that's the high. Well, we'll talk about what that's all about, the attention of being a comedian, how you become a comedian, how you become funny, all those things. Get kicked out of class. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. We'll be right back in a couple minutes with the family. 
What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here. You've heard me talking about how I've lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months thanks to the Nutramos Wellness Plan. Nutramos uses breakthrough technology that customizes the plan, giving you the tools to lose weight and keep it off. One of the many reasons that it works is that you eat real food the entire time. So after you hit your goal, you'll know exactly what to order at restaurants and what to buy at the grocery store. This doesn't happen with a diet plan where you drink shakes, eat prepackaged foods, or take drugs. Find out how and why Nutramos is unlike any other weight loss plan by scheduling your immediate consultation or attending the Nutramos free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, May 6th at Jake's in Plymouth. I'll see you there. Nutramos guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramos helped me change my life, and they can help you too. Register for the Nutramost Dinner or schedule your immediate consultation. Call 763-333-7337. That is 763-333-7337. Magic. Magic bumper music. Oh, we hit the post, too. Did you hear that? Pretty good. Steve Hunnings has to hit the road. We have another segment here with Adrian Washington. We're talking about everything. Uh, You know, it's really interesting. We were just talking about the fact that if you ignore someone, they'll stop their bad behavior. Or... If you take them out, they'll also stop. <laughs> yeah. you know? But you really can't do I'm that. I'm cool with either one. Yeah. <laughs> I always tell a story about when I was 14 years old, somewhere in there. We were at the uh, Dairy Queen. We're at the Dairy Queen on Washburn and, and West Broadway. It's now a, it's a rib shack now, but it used to be a Dairy Queen. And so we're 14 years old, so we're all real tough guys and blah, blah, blah. And we're dropping the F-bomb and laughing, blah, blah, blah. So this guy comes over, and he goes, hey, boys, i got to talk to you for a second. I said, yeah. He goes, you see that woman and that little girl over there? I said, yeah, I see them. He goes, that's my wife and my daughter. And if I hear you drop the F-bomb one more time, I'm going to beat the piss out of all three of you. Got it? I went, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, pal. No one to hold him, no one to fold him. <laughs> no one to hold him, no one I, I did not want to tangle with that guy, man. But, yeah, that, but now you can't do that. You can't go over and threaten to beat up 14-year-olds. He you can. Be, you just can't get caught. <laughs> yeah, right. You can you can threaten, but you can't get caught threatening them. They still right. need it, man. As as uh, yeah. somebody who worked in the school, like that, that's the thing. I, I always tell kids, kids should have a healthy fear of their parents. I agree, a healthy fear. You yes. know what I mean? Yep. There, there should be a healthy amount of fear because there's not. Then there's there's you you lose. You know what I mean? I agree. I just told my daughter and son the other day. I said, no matter what your friends do. 
I said, if you decide to do it and there's something wrong, I hope it's worth the consequence. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm yeah. not asking you to be a perfect kid. I'm just telling you, I know there's going to be a consequence for it, and I know you know it too. Maybe there's no consequence for them at their house, but there's going to be one here. And, you know, it, and I'm going to make sure it is hard enough where you don't think about doing that again. You know what my mother did? Because my father was not present after the time I was like nine years old, ten years old, something like that. He was gone. What uh, my mother, in order to do just that, if I'd get out of line, she'd start crying. It was <laughs> oh, horrible. God. It my was mom did horrible. that to me a couple of times. I, like, no, I, I wish, won't do it again. I, won't do it. I wish my mom would have cried. My mom made us cry. <laughs> <laughs> my mom whipped that ass. I tell my mom to this day, he still reign as the heavyweight. Ass whooping champion of the world, <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot of us. So there was, I was just telling my kids this too. I said there, well, there was always groups of us getting whooped. So I was trying to always figure out. Count up by three. I was always trying to figure out: should I go first, and then that way I can get mine over, and hopefully the pain's gone by the time she gets to the last kid, so I can have something to laugh about. Yep, yep. Or should I go last? And hopefully she tires out. Stamina issue. Right. right. But then she just kind of turned into a thundercat as she was whooping ass. <laughs> <laughs> she got stronger after each kid. So 10 total children. Yep. Five boys, five girls. Five boys, five girls. And we're all within 15 years. Now, did you did did, did yeah. everybody move away from Mississippi or some people Everybody stay? did except for my oldest brother. The Your oldest brother. one, he's the only one that's never lived in Minnesota. Oh, is that right? Really? Yeah. I got yeah. a sister that still lives over north right now. She's oh, really? never left over north. So you, how how did they? How did your parents pick uh, Minnesota? Um, my mom could make more money at her job. Oh really? Yeah. Well, that's cool. All we knew about is Prince lived here and it got cold as <laughs> <laughs> right. That's pretty much it. Prince is here. It's colder now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at uh, what nine inches of snow last night in Duluth? I seen that. Nine. Wow. Well, snowed in St. Cloud. Yeah, snowed in St. Cloud. How much did it snow in St. Cloud? It didn't stick. Oh, it didn't stick. Yeah, we got a dusting, but it still was like, I was going to the store and I was like what why is it snowing right. why is it snowing man? you sound like a native now right? it didn't stick we just got a dusting right. it's, you should see it in February right. it's a whole different deal in February um, did you get funny because you had nine brothers and sisters I got funny because I was a short boy I think <laughs> all my other brothers are at least six feet tall oh you're not I'm not I'm oh, close. 5'8", Tom. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. that's, that's pretty average height, though, isn't it? 5'8". It is. Not for black kids, but... 5'8", <laughs> <laughs> is not good. Hey, that was a Korean. Right. I do remember. God, I was trying to think of his name. God, I cannot remember his name, but I, I went to high school with a with a kid. God, I wish I could remember his name. But he was a young, young black kid, and he was about 5'5", five, five and could dunk a basketball. You have never seen anything like that. That's crazy. I mean, think about it. Unbelievable. Uh, Nate Jackson, or not Nate Jackson, but uh, what's his name? Nate Archibald. Nope. Well. Uh, I just, Nate Robinson. Well, Nate Robinson. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. only, what, 5'8", five, 5'7", five, and he, I think he won a couple. Of, I mean, Spud Webb. Spud Webb, yeah. absolutely. He was 5'5". Won five, a dunk five, contest, I yeah. I think he was 5'5", five, five, yep. if I remember right. It's crazy. I think uh, I've, I've seen Barry Sanders do it. Barry Sanders is only like 5'6". Wow. Yeah, his, name was, his last name was Ryder, but I can't remember his first name. Now it's, it's coming to me like Nate Ryder, but that's probably because of Nate Robinson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> his last name was Ryder, but I can't remember his first name. But I will never forget that as long as I live. That's so. crazy. So you, so you think basically because... But so I think... I, I didn't always know I was such a smart aleck. 
<laughs> well, you know, I, and then now that I think about it, and people remind me that I've always been like this. One of my teachers told me, she said, Adrian, she said, you don't know how hard it was to control a class when you were in there. She said, because once you, like, again, once I got a laugh, I just kept it going. Right. And for I think for me, I knew girls liked to laugh. Yeah, they you do like I mean? to girls laugh. Girls yep. always liked the sense of humor, so that worked out for me. It helped me dating, and I just always had the gift of gab, you know what I mean? Did some of it come from pain, though? Because it usually does. You know what? That's the weird thing about it. No. It no, don't. I, I, that's, that I, is pretty amazing. Yeah, and it's weird because as a, again, as a comedian and as a fan of comedy, I've studied the history of it, and there's a very dark side to it. And I oh, mean, oh yeah, thank God, I, it, mine doesn't. Yeah, it's pretty much Bob Newhart and then everybody else. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Bob Newhart, Adrian Washington, <laughs> and then everybody else. That's exactly. Right. And my buddies tease me all the time. They're like, "You're the one guy that's always smiling about something." They're like, "They're always they're like you just make other people smile." And I was like, well, "I don't." Have a reason not to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yep, like, yep. My wife hasn't hasn't left me, you know. Well, the, that's good. The kids are healthy. That's good. Kids are healthy. She's way hotter than what I deserve. You showed a picture to me. I mean, <laughs> sent, sent me Everybody's like, "How do you keep her?" I said, "Drunk." That's how I keep yeah, her. Yeah, keep her drunk. That's good. Well, I was talking about it on the air today. I know there's a God because I'm married to Catherine. Right. <laughs> you know, that's one of those deals right there. I uh, no. I mean, one of the reasons that I got so interested in in joking around with people and inventing jokes and trying to be funny was because it's the only time my dad and I ever communicated. If I made him laugh, he would pay attention. Wow, to me. really? Otherwise, he would not. He had nothing to do. He didn't care for me at all. That's Except crazy. Except made him laugh. And I was, he was gone, like I said, by the time I was 10. Yeah. So I'm talking about seven, eight, nine years old. I would stand. I literally do stand-up for my dad. Wow. And it's crazy. Like, I didn't, I've never, I hadn't, because I didn't start comedy until I was like 27. So you it wasn't know, something. <laughs> 42. Are you really? Yeah. God, you don't look 42. <laughs> Black don't crack unless you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be 43 in November. November the, what? November 20th. Seventh is better. Fifth yeah. is the best. Fifth is the best. That's it's right. all Scorpios. Yeah. It's all Scorpios. <laughs> and you're a Scorpio, too. What, 26 is the cutoff, isn't it? October yep. 26th. I think it's a cutoff. Well, it's around there. Yeah. Somewhere in there. But, yeah, I just, I don't, it's, it's just always been something. I said if I ever got a shot at it, I'd give it a shot. And... I was sitting at a comedy club and I heard this comic, but I didn't hear people laughing. I was on the other side of the bar and I just happened to know the manager and I asked the manager, I said, how do you get involved in something like this? And he said, well, we're actually going to lose our host. He said, a lot of comics start off as a host. Why don't you come oh, down yeah. and give that a oh, shot? Yeah. You know, and at that moment, I thought to myself, I said, I could at least do what he's doing, if not better. But I was like, this guy's getting paid for this. You now, how did I mean? you know that, though? It just, you, you were Confidence, confident about it, but yeah. how did you know you'd be better than him? Because I think I was at that point where even if I wasn't, I'd tell myself I was. Okay. Well, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that works. Because I, 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 yeah. I knew everywhere I went, people laughed. You know what I mean? Like, I remember mm. going down. I didn't tell anybody about my night of me performing. And I went down there, and I was just so nervous. So then I, you know, started drinking, but I didn't want to get drunk. But I'd start, I start, to this day, I still do that. I get to the venue early, and I just kind of people watch. Because... 95% of my comedy is improv. I don't have a set. That's terrific. You know what I mean? I haven't yeah. wrote a set in over 11 years now. So I always just look and see what they get. And now I've had enough stories and enough things that happen where 
I got jokes I know that'll work anywhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't have a set. Um, and so I just kind of listen to people at the bar talk. And I've heard, like, I, I stood at the door and I asked people, um, I told people how much it was to get in. And people really tried to give me money. And so then they didn't know I was going to be the comic. So then when I got on stage, I was like, for one, you guys are going to give a black dude some money. <laughs> and I had no credentials to be working here. I said, I didn't work here. I didn't ask for your idea or nothing. Just ask you for money. You're going to give it to me. That's how I know the world's going to be okay. So I think I opened up with something like that. And for me, once I heard the first laugh, it made me relax. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But I remember before yep. that, like it felt like my heartbeat was like in my throat. Mm, I could and see I was that. like, just and it was a full house. You know what I mean? It wasn't like there was 20, 30 people and there was 150 people. Like there's eyes just looking right at you. And I was just like, you got to put up or shut up. And I did it and it scared the crap out of me, but I couldn't wait to be that scared again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand exactly. What and you mean. I did that. I ended up doing uh, hosting there for like six months and then I realized I wasn't making any money. And I was bringing 20, 25 people with me every time I came, and we paid, and we drink and stuff, and mm-hmm. I wasn't even getting a free drink. So I told myself then, I said, I'm going to just start putting on my own shows. So I'd start renting out ballrooms at, like, VFWs or mm-hmm. anybody that had, like, an entertainment center that holds 150 to 200 people. Because I was like, even if just my friends come with me, I made 200 bucks, you know what I mean, at $10 a pop. And I started doing that, man, and I've never looked back. I think it's a wonderful. You know, the, I got very, very lucky because the first time I ever stood up in front of a crowd, as I was going to go out and do it, a guy came out. I, I don't even remember who it was, to tell you the truth, but he came out and he's a public speaker. He said, is this your first time? I said, yeah. And he goes, don't look at people. Look over the top of their head. <laughs> See, they'll think you're looking at them because from where you are, yeah. it look like you're looking at them. But don't look at them in the eye because it's too frightening. Yeah. If you make eye contact, it's too frightening, man. Don't. It was a great tip. It was really. Yeah, That's like some shows I do, man. There's some shows, uh, there's just people that just don't find you funny for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. You know, and they literally sit there like this, and they just look at you. I'm like, don't look at that person. <laughs> See, that would be my fear. I've, I've always thought, you know, I'd love, that looks like fun, and I bet I could do it, but mm. I don't think I could bomb. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying I'm so funny. You're I right. bomb. You're good I don't think I could yeah. handle bombing. Is yeah, what I'm getting at. it's it's a, like I tell people, man. It's a, it's a short term memory. It's just like being an yeah. NFL quarterback. If you throw a pick six, you got to go right back out there, man. Yeah, it's true. And I, I haven't, thank God, I haven't bombed for a long time. Imagine if you throw the pick six and the whole stadium, eighty thousand people, oh, goes God. quiet. Though. Oh, God. That might right. be, uh, <laughs> that's hard, man. That's hard. You yeah, know, you. and it, it comes with the territory because. You learn, I mean, you won't get used to bombing, that's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people that can't come back from that. But it's like to the standing ovation, you might get one every 10 years, but that's what you're shooting for. You know what I'm saying? So that makes you forget everything else. Or just like I've I've done shows where people like this. We did a, I did a show with Steve-O uh, like almost two years ago. And there was a girl I knew. She had a backpack on. And I was wondering why, like, during the meet and greet, she kept sliding to the back of the line. So I told my security, I said, hey, go get that backpack from her. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, because yeah. I don't want him to be in danger. And so my guys went and got the backpack from it. And it was a girl I knew. So then the next morning, she messaged me, and she said, hey, she said, that backpack you took from me, it was full of drugs. Oh. She said, I had tried committing suicide before, oh. and somebody found me. She said, this time I was going to make sure nobody found me. She said, but I actually, I came to your show first. She said, and I took that backpack and I threw it in the river. And she said, I've 
never thought about it again. So she, she killed said, all those fish without drugs. <laughs> better than her, I guess. You know, so it's like salmon joke in there somewhere. No doubt about it. You know, so that's the stuff you yeah. don't. You don't. Laughter is good for everybody, man. You it know is. what I mean? And it it's one of the most universal things in the world. I, I think it's fun that, like, with the the Steel Toe Show, we tour Central Minnesota. And me being a black guy, I go to these small towns. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they're super mm-hmm. small. And not once have I ever had a bad interaction. You no, I, mean? I can see. Uh, yeah, I can You know, they that. just, it's, you get a couple people say dumb stuff, but they almost say dumb stuff out of trying to be cool. And I'm just like, yeah, obviously, I, I see that. Yeah, I'm like, obviously, you haven't had your share of black people a whole lot. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's entirely possible yeah. in some yeah. of these towns. You, might be, go, you might be the first. It, 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 it is. And so I've, uh, and it's crazy because, like, I remember one night I was like in Atlanta, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. I came back here, and I, that's let, that lets me know, like, it just works. When you are who you are, it works. People accept it because the great thing about comedy is you get to bring people to your world, no matter what their world is. If you, have the mic, you control it. You know what I mean? That's why I always tell people, like, why don't you bring... I probably bring up my sex life with my wife too much in comedy. <laughs> but it's a big part of my life, so it's got to come out. And plus, yeah. I like to see her lose her mind when she's laughing. You know, what's really interesting about that is because, to tell you the truth, for for maybe, you know, like you, mm-hmm. me, married people, I tell my wife when she and I are in bed together, I feel the safest I ever feel. Now it's not like my wife is some big bruiser, <laughs> but being being next to somebody who loves you makes you feel really safe. Yeah, I love that feeling. Yep. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and then I tell people to this day, I said if when I do get a manager, I want it to be my wife. Yeah, you know there you mean? go. I want yep. it to be her because she literally has my best interest. She does. She won't yeah. take a show just because there's money <coughs> involved. So I'm like, no, if the contract don't say this is what it's going to be, then mm-hmm. he's not taking that gig. And I ain't got to pay for her to come then. Yeah, that's right. You don't have to pay her. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the red carpet, 11 Fifth Avenue South in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Uh, showtime. Uh, doesn't say on here what show times are. What time? What time are the shows? Uh, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock both yep. nights. All right, excellent. Adrian, really nice to meet you in person. I'm really happy that. Uh, well, I think first of all, it was. Uh, how did you first contact us? Uh, I tried through through the Steel Toe show, but I didn't yeah. get through. I ended up coming here because everybody at uh, Acme and uh, House of Comedy canceled that day. So then I was at the Royal Comedy Theater that weekend. And That's then, right. So, yeah, yeah, so then Mike yep, hit me up on go. Thursday. I was like, hey, can you do the Tom Bernard podcast? You're the guy that went to Acme and said, Tom Bernard apparently had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much. Sorry. Adrian, thanks for coming in, man. Please come back a lot more. I Great definitely will. Listen. Anytime, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate we'll, it. We'll talk to you now. Coming up, I actually, you know what? You got to go. And my guest texted me a while ago. He's sick, so I think we'll just cancel what the whole. To your I don't show know. It's every terrible. Oh, it's so, every it's terrible. You got you got <laughs> evicted. It's a curse. White day. people don't get evicted. <laughs> <laughs> We had a snowstorm, equipment failure. I mean, it's just the podcast has never got off the ground. So tune in next Thursday at 1 o'clock, possibly for car selling cigarettes. Oh, my gosh. We'll talk to you later with the family. That's why I married a white woman.